Hi, welcome back to the Pylon Ultra Pod. If you've listened to the last few episodes, you'll already be aware that we're focusing on confidence and self-belief in this short sprint series of podcasts. So none of what we're saying here is hugely groundbreaking, but it's a really quick reminder about some of the things that we may not be aware of that hold us back, and also some useful pointers to help make us better athletes and improve our chances of finding success and joy in what we do. Life is incredibly short, and we have to make a conscious effort to spend more of our very limited time collecting the best returns from our efforts. James was up last week with episode two, building on my first discussion on the role of confidence. Specifically, James chatted about how our own self-talk can hold us back before we've even started, maybe on a session by session level or more widely in our lives. Clearly, he also urged us to have some realism in our goals on the face of it. We can appear to fake it until we make it, but deep down it's unsustainable. We can create whatever veneer we want around other people and in front of other people, but it's much harder to hide from the doubts and the lack of self-belief when it's just you that's waking up in the middle of the night, or it's you that's heading out to do that interval session or face that next thousand metre climb. So it's really important that with some level of realism, we start to try buying in to that positive self-talk. How do we identify and strengthen the right words, thoughts and feelings? And can you really choose which voices you're going to believe in? And before you say it, it's kind of normal to have a bunch of voices and conversations in your mind. So let's not pretend otherwise. I think to kick off, I can't imagine that there's anybody in your life that talks to you as much as you talk to yourself. Although, being perfectly honest, Alice, after a couple of coffees and a good run, she can easily fire out 500 words per minute, so there's always exceptions. So, step one done. We've all accepted and we're all comfortable that we have these voices in our heads. Step two then is about working out what are right things that we want to hear more of. And we really have to start noticing these conversations, as in that well-known quote from Helmstetter, the brain simply believes what you tell it most, and what you tell it about you, it will create it has no choice. For me, self-talk isn't just me translating how I'm feeling about a particular situation or moment that's going on around me. It's much more than that. And if you think about it, it's really a dialogue. Even at its most basic, imagine yourself making a fairly straightforward decision, which we do countless times a day. Maybe you're up early and you're getting ready to go out and do a run. So you look outside and you see that it's overcast. This is not just an observation and confirmation that it might rain. It becomes this internal conversation. Should I put my jacket on? Like I'll just end up too hot. I don't want to turn around when I'm out there, so I'll put it on. I don't know where it is. Why do I always lose stuff? This place is such a mess. I should have tidied up before I went to bed. I really need to get my shit together if I'm ever going to be ready to do this race in a couple of months. I should never have signed up for this race. It's a fairly crass example, but you can see that it's much more than just an interpretation of the immediate situation. What goes on in our mind can easily spiral into different areas. So as athletes, self-talk is where we really interpret feelings, perceptions and convictions. It's how we then go on to give ourselves instructions and any reinforcement that may be needed or very much not needed. Broadly, self-talk and running or generally in sport, is either task-specific, like 
Let's just breathe easy, run tall, be light, be quick on your feet. Or it might just be a reminder about fueling or to check in with your pace every half an hour. And these cues can be really useful even just as a way of managing distraction, which is really inevitable in races from 6 to 48 hours and beyond. Self-talk can also be simply encouragement. So come on, you know you're strong on climbs or you know you can do this, you've worked harder than anyone to be here. And also might be used as a way of maybe dialing down your state of alert. So it's about just stay calm, you've done the work, just run your own race, don't get too nervous. The kind of conversations that you might have before a race. So going back to that first episode when I suggested that it'd be good to think back and take notes on past performances, you might already have identified some of your strengths as well as some of your weaknesses. And part of that exercise, or as part of that exercise, it's really useful to think about how you felt in some of those most challenging scenarios. If there was a lot of negativity and doubt going on, how much of it was based on fact? And in the moments where you managed to turn things around, what dialogue was happening then? Now, if you're struggling to remember that far back, negative self-talk are usually things like, oh no, I've hill reps to do, I'm no good at them and I'm tired. I'll do a couple and then I'll just run easy if it feels too hard. My race doesn't even have many hills anyway, so what's the point? Or getting closer to your event and starting to taper, thoughts maybe turn to, I know I didn't train as hard as I could have, I really didn't get my best in the workouts, or quite often I took an early long run finish and I blamed it on the weather or just feeling tired overall. And then some of the more memorable ones in a race are things like, see, I knew I wasn't good enough to think I could do this race, or I knew I wasn't good enough to be stronger than a certain person or hit that time that I really wanted. I'll be lucky just to finish this thing, let alone do well. But for each of those, you should be thinking about calling yourself out and challenging them. Are you really that bad on the hills? Or are you making some excuses before you start because you don't like the feeling in your, lug in your lungs and your legs? Did you really mess up your whole training plan by cutting a few runs short and missing a session or two? If you look back at the overall picture and your overall training plan over 32 weeks or longer, you were actually almost always compliant. We just tend to forget all the great work that we do and focus on the negatives. And back in that race situation again, do you really feel tired and sore because you didn't prepare well enough? Or does it just feel hard because the race is hard? We can become really flippant about the race distances we take on. Running an ultra at any distance is always hard if you're trying your best. So maybe it's not that you haven't prepared well enough, it's just that you're doing something that's hard. And remember, we're programming our brains every time we have those negative thoughts on repeat. The average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And of those thoughts, around 80% are negative and almost all of them are repetitive, around the 95% mark. So can you imagine what that might look like in a day? Take an average ultra race lasting eight hours. That could be 12,000 thoughts as you race with 11,400 of them being negative. Now can you get an idea of the scope you have to improve? Positive self-talk might not make you automatically faster, but there's loads of evidence that shows it significantly reduces, reduces the rate of perceived exertion. So the effort that you're putting in when you're racing just feels easier. 
So to wrap all this up, one thing you could do, it's my ask to you on the back of this podcast, is to choose a day where you'll be able to keep a note of things as they happen through the day. A work day could be a good time to do it. And what I want you to do is list all the negative thoughts you have, wherever they come from and whatever they're related to, it doesn't matter. Just write them all down on a piece of paper or your phone. Then at night, dig a bit deeper and add a few more thoughts about any fears or insecurities that you might have regularly. Anything that stresses you out all the time or something that crops up time and time again or maybe irritates you about other people and any losses in your life that you maybe dwell on too much. The next day, after your run of course, uh, have a look at them all individually and respond with a positive for each. It might feel a bit forced initially, but it's great practice that you'll be able to start noticing and training. So if you're maybe insecure about finishing your next race because you had a DNF in your last race, is there a positive in that you learned something about how you prepared and you won't make that mistake again you're stronger because of the perceived failure maybe it's not even running related maybe you were in a relationship that ended and you feel this great sense of loss could you maybe write down a positive that's about a time that you had in that relationship that was really amazing so once we're aware of the self-talk and we can identify what's going on we do have the capacity to take more control of the voices that we're willing to listen to. I'll be doing this task over the next few days and I'll also be challenging James to do the same thing, although I suspect his positive column is almost always much longer than the negative, just the way James works. Um, And most of us probably are not in that that situation uh, and most of us need to find a better balance um, between those two columns. Uh, and weight it towards the positives rather than the negative. So I'll leave it there for now. James is up next week and he'll start to talk about threats to our self-confidence and what we might do to mitigate some of those threats. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If any of this has helped you at all, please feel free to subscribe, leave us a comment or share it on social media. It really just helps us to reach more people and have better conversations. And we do this because we want to support positive changes in our lives and yours. There's something amazing when you open up about these things and other people do so at the same time. There's like a tiny shift in a whole community. And at the end of the day, we're all just good people trying to do cool things and feel like the world is a better place for us being in it. If there's anything we can help you with from a running perspective, please get in touch. We have a brilliant coaching team. We look after 5K to marathon to 24-hour runners. No matter how strong, how slow or confident you are, it's all about supporting people who want to improve and to feel much more satisfied and energised by their running. So we're here to help if you want to join Team Pylon. And if coaching isn't for you, we also have um, some race and distance specific training plans, which are a great way to access our experience and knowledge without having someone looking over your shoulder all the time. Um, And it's totally cool if you're sorted for all of that already. You can just find our Facebook group online for some banter and come along to one of our events or something. So please feel free to get involved. Uh, Thanks for listening. And the next episode will be up on Thursday. Cheers.